A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When I was in the sixth grade, a new version of The Wizard of Oz was coming to Broadway, and there was a big hullabaloo. Local area kids were requested to audition to be the Munchkins, especially troops of school choirs. Everyone was so excited, except for me. There was a height cap on Munchkins, and as one of the tallest kids in school, I was essentially forbidden from going to the audition. Greetings, Attic Wives and Lit Witches, both good and wicked, and welcome to Fuckboys of Literature. I'm your host, Emily Edwards. The book we're discussing today was published in 1900, an era of history I know very little about. I assume everything was pretty fucked up, robber barons, loads of poverty, lots of American imperialism, and the manifestation of destiny that required the full-scale slaughter of native people and the destruction of their entire civilizations. And, like, most of that is present in the book, even though its author claims to have written it with the intention of writing an innocent story for children. We read a lot of innocent stories for children on this show, so it's clear to remind you. There's no such thing. Innocent children are a white supremacist construct and as flimsy and false as the Emerald City. All right, everyone, with me is a voice you'll recognize from an extra we did last year on Cats, for which Abby is very well known. Abby, you are known on Twitter as Clap If You Like Me. How the hell are you doing today? I am doing very well. Thank you, Emily. I'm so excited to talk to you about this because this was a revelation. I haven't read this book since I was like in elementary school. Yeah, um, I I read it as a child with my parents, but um, a few years ago, I say a few, but when I was in college, I decided to reread all of them because they were uh, available for free, right? And being in the public domain. Um, and I was quite startled at some of what I found in some of the Oz books, some um, very intense racism that, <laughs> in retrospect, I assume my parents simply just glossed over. over. Yeah. <laughs> they just didn't say those words when they were reading it to me. Um, and then I just reread the first book for this, which does not have, fortunately any uh, bad words or egregious racism in it. Yeah, no epithet, no explicit epithets in this one, though there's a lot of implied hierarchy. Yes, it's not it's not like great. Yeah. But it's not as bad as some of the later books which yeah. do uh do use certain words which I will not repeat being the pastiest person alive. <laughs> that that no I got to beat, so don't worry about that. Um this, okay, can I just go on record and say that I firmly believe that the movie of The Wizard of Oz is better than the book? I think that, you know, that's, I haven't seen the movie in in a few years, um, but obviously I've 
I've seen it. I've seen it many times. Um, I think they're, they're hard to compare. They're very different stories in a way. Um, you know, you would think that, that if if you think about the movie, like the villain, the main Mm -hmm. person is the witch, right? We all know the witch. She's a relatively minor character in the book. Yeah, she's kind of useless. Yeah, she's 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 there. She's I mean, you know, she's evil. She's enslaving people and or winkies and all that. But like, she's she's not a huge threat. And Dorothy just accidentally melts her, and that's that. Yeah, after months of being a slave, she just kind of goes like, uh, she has a little hissy fit. She chucks a bucket of water at her, and she melts. And it's like, oops, and that's really it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very it's a very interesting book in that it is extremely of its time. Like if this was published today, it would be like outright panned um, in a very interesting way that I, I feel like it's written in a style where problems happen and then they're resolved very quickly. So it's hard to get a very good gauge of what the conflict is outside of the grand conflict of Dorothy's in a spot she doesn't want to be in. That's really it. Right. And and I think that, you know, it is very it is very child-friendly in that way. Short chapters where mm-hmm. things get wrapped up. There are a whole bunch of seemingly insurmountable encounters that are very quickly surmounted. Yeah. And then it's over. So, you know, I, I can see why it makes like good bedtime reading for a little kid because they're not gonna say Mommy, mommy, I need to read another chapter. I have yeah. to know what happens. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It, it reminded me a lot of Ernest Klein's Ready Player One in that capacity of like challenges set up, challenges met, challenges like overthrown, and we're on to the next one. It's like a very simple like arc wave of of, of plot in a yes. way that I, after having recently read um, Secret Garden by Francis Hodgins Burnett, where like they're, those are also very short chapters where like the kids always play. They always have the same like conflict. They always overcome it. But that felt much more lyrical than this did. I think, um, I think that's true. I haven't read The Secret Garden in, in many years. Um, I wasn't expecting you to have been like, yeah, I picked was it up. It was a for sure as a child. So, um, but I think it is, um, there are also a lot of things in the book that are not in the movie, really sort of cool ideas. I would almost kind of want to see like a modern movie made out of it. I'm sure it would be, they would try to make it like all grim dark or the yeah probably cast Johnny Depp or Timothy Chalamet somehow would be involved. Um, but but there are like, there's this sequence near the end when they're trying to get somewhere. Much of the book is really about trying to get places. Um, mm-hmm. They encounter this village made of, where everything is made of China, including the people. And, you know, I understand why that's not in the movie because in, what is it, like 1934, they... Didn't really have the technology no. to be doing little China China villages, but that would be so cool to see it now. Really cool. Like the best they had was color in 1939, let alone yeah, like replicates. The color was exciting, but like a, a a faithful you know recreation of the book, I think could be could be really exciting um, in I a agree. movie with modern technology. But they would do something. They would. Timothy Chalamet would be involved. I I can just sense it. 
Yeah. God, he would just be like the sad sack Tim Woodsman who just like sobbed constantly and, and fell in love with Dorothy in a really inappropriate way. Yeah. And yeah. I wouldn't like that. That would be awful. Um, but So as, as far as fuck boys go. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was- think there's an obvious contender for obvious yeah for the fuck boy and it is the wizard um yeah, who i he's put a real schmuck <laughs> he sucks the wizard sucks uh yeah, for the viewers i am or the listeners i am holding up my book with little post-it flags in it and they are all the wizard chapters where the wizard is i mean he i you know i'm like not hot on either the scarecrow or the tin woodsman of like textual characters like in the movie they're lovely i totally get it um but in in the text like they're not my favorite but the wizard himself the fact that he walks around going like i'm a good man but i'm a terrible wizard i'm like that does not absolve you of the fact that you've basically been a dictator for the last 20 years and and gaslighting people. He has he has gaslit an entire city into believing that everything is green. I mean, to be yeah. fair, none of these people seem to be the the brightest munchkins in the town. No. N- nobody in this book seems all that bright because they all just take for granted the fact that for, for those who don't recall, the way it works is when you get to the Emerald City, there's a guard who fastens a pair of green glasses onto your head that can only be removed with a key. Yeah. And then everything is green. Mm-hmm. And nobody <laughs> seems to think that this is odd. Everyone just accepts that the whole city is green. Uh, you know, and they like, and like to the physical torture also of like having something strapped to your face and not being able to like scratch your eyes. Like what, like it, the, 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 the limitations of having glasses literally strapped to your head and locked on is terrifying to me. Um, And no one ever seems to question it, ever. And I don't understand it. I mean, you almost have to wonder, like, is he also, like, sprinkling some poppy dust around and everyone's just a little bit stoned? Because I... That would at least explain it. Again, like, I think one of the things that the movie did, and this, I might be entirely wrong, but to the best of my recollection, the gatekeeper in the movie is the same actor who plays the Wizard of Oz. So when he is just kind of like, you know, you're welcome in, come on in, that's a horse of a different color. Like, he's he's the person who's the gatekeeper, and he's also, like, the person who you know, controls the city. And so you have more of a understanding. Again, I might be totally wrong about this. I, I, People can correct I, I me in the comments. In I don't so appreciate it. Um, but that was my best recollection of it. So it made more sense to me that, like, the gatekeeper is also the wizard, like the literal gatekeeper. Um, but in the book, I kept expecting for someone to be in cahoots, and no one was in cahoots. Everyone was just blind and stupid. Yeah, everyone's just, just real stupid. Um, but the wizard... He's also, in addition to being, so he he says, um, uh, I'm just a common man. And then when he agrees to help them, it's still, you can't tell anybody. You have to keep my secret. I'll think about how to help you and get you out of here and get you a heart and get you some brains and get you some courage. 
but you still have to keep my secret. Like, he won't even help them for free. Like, <laughs> he's blackmailing them. And then he's like, and he knows, he knows that he has to do this because he says, he tells Dorothy, I'm going to go with you when we make this balloon. I'm going to go with you because if I should go out of this palace, my people would soon discover I am not a wizard. And then they would be vexed with me for having deceived them. Yeah. I mean, okay, bitch, I feel like there's something you could have done to prevent this situation from arising. Not lying to people for decades. (laughs) And I want to know, because logic dictates that in order to have this level of control over an entire populace of people, he had to have done something to threaten people. In the I mean, like, I know how the mafia works. Like, you start out low, and then you ramp it up, and 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 it only would make sense to me that the Wizard of Oz had chucked a couple people in a moat prior to Dorothy's arrival. Like, you don't get to be a literal emperor in an emerald city without knocking a few heads. Yeah, there's there's a lot of sort of missing pieces. Like he says, oh, they thought that I was a great wizard because I came down from the clouds. And then I ordered them to build, just to amuse myself and to keep the good people busy, I ordered them to build this city and my palace and they all did it willingly and well. Bullshit. And then he thought he'd call it the Emerald City, and then he decided to do the green glasses. But, like, does no one remember the before times? Yeah, like, this is only, what, this make sense? 20 years, 30 years, one generation? Like, nobody's grandparents remember the before times? Yeah, I mean, maybe the, you know, maybe the the residents of the Emerald City have a very short lifespan. Like, there's that, that Doctor Who episode where everyone actually only lives, like, a few days, so the generation's go by really fast. Like, yeah. But none of that's in the text. So I no. think Al Frank Baum just sort of didn't think it through. He really um, didn't. <laughs> yeah. Cause like lots of things are in the text. Like the fact that Dorothy has a kiss on her forehead, like a visible kiss on her forehead from the good witch of the North, not Glinda, uh, you know, and that protects her from all sorts of evil. Everybody recognizes that. Like all of this is in the text. He has a lot of detail, but the the power machinations of the wizard, which again, children would be interested in. I've met kids. They want to know how things work. Yeah. That's not there at all. Um. <laughs> But you know he's not—he's not the only—he's not the only fuckboy in this book. And I think one of the great examples of that is so at the end they're all—they're all talking about what they're going to do after Dorothy leaves. And the answers for those of you who, who haven't read this lately, somehow—if <laughs> you haven't picked up a one hundred-year-old children's book. Is going to go and rule over the Emerald City. Mm-hmm. And the Tin Woodman is going to go and rule over the Winkies. Mm-hmm. And the Lion is going to go and rule over the forest. There's like a theme here. All of these. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, 
you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. These people who Dorothy has accumulated want to go and rule over someone. And the Winkies allegedly wanted the Tin Man to rule over them, which is like some shades of house elves to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do they, do, they want, do they want to be ruled by you? Yeah, there, there's all sorts of, of dreams of monarchical grandeur in all three of these men, even though the lion is an actual lion. And that one's the only one where you're just kind of like, that kind of makes sense. The other two, you're like, this is really shady. Um, the, the Tin Woodsman is one of my favorite characters in the movie, possibly my favorite character in the movie. He's beautiful. He is he is a gorgeous depiction of completely non-toxic masculinity and sentimentality. And I think he's an absolutely gorgeous screen depiction of what uh, a, a man made out of tin who's supposed to not have a heart could be. In the book, he's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> he's, he's not great. Like... <laughs> What is his deal? Oh he's, my god. His whole deal is like like I has to do with hot chick. Right. <laughs> and then I like left her. It was it's a it, it, it he gets cursed by one of the wicked witches. I don't remember which one. Might have been the east to um because the girl that he's in love with is like essentially the slave or servant of one of the wicked witches or an evil sorceress. I don't exactly remember. Um, there's a lot of evil women in this book, which we will circle back to. Oh, yeah. Many, um, many an evil woman. Bitches, they're all... you know, bitches be evil and whatnot. <laughs> they are all fucked up to different levels. Um, but circling back to Tin Woodsman, he, he gets hit. Someone bewitches his axe. To essentially slice him up like a deli ham. And he loses all of his limbs. And then eventually he loses, he gets his head chopped off and his axe essentially bifurcates his body. He loses his heart. But a magical tinsmith comes along and basically pastes him back together out of tin. And then he's like, but because I don't have a heart anymore, I can't actually love this girl that I wanted to love. So I'm going to go basically chop down trees, slaughter animals, and rue my lost love like a freakish woodland incel. Right. And what he, what he says is, in fact, I had now no heart so that I lost all my love for the munchkin girl and did not care whether I married her or not. I suppose she is still living with the old woman waiting for me to come after her. Yeah. Excuse me? <laughs> you just abandoned her? She was like a a little slave girl to, to an old woman. The old woman actually um, just wanted to keep the girl. But prom and promised two sheep and a cow to the wicked witch of the east. Thank you. That was that was how it worked. So there's there's two evil women conniving to keep him from his beloved. Cool. But like this doesn't this doesn't comport. You know the, the end message is supposed to be 
the the humbug wizard put stuff inside you and now you have your heart and your brain and your courage but really they were there all along except if they were there all along then why did he abandon the poor munchkin girl why to was her? he so shitty <laughs> he just sucks he's so awful like like it would be one thing if he was like I thought I was terrifying. I thought I would scare her. I'm now a supernatural being. I, you know, like my my ability to walk amongst the earth as like not a weirdo now that I'm a man made out of tin, even though Oz is like meter for weird, it's off the charts. Like if there was like a logical human like, you know, right. thought chain to being like, I cannot go back to this Munchkin girl because her life will be ruined. But no, he just like left her in servitude. Or perhaps she doesn't want him now that he's made out of tin. Uh, can he get it up anymore? We don't know. He never she, mentioned she getting a penis. She also sounds like she, she kind of sucks because she was only willing to marry him once he had made enough money, apparently. Yeah. So arguably everyone in this book except Toto is kind of an asshole. <laughs> in this book except for Toto is kind of an asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, I understand, like, logically in, like, Victorian – this is Edwardian literature, not Victorian, but a lot of the morals are still the same, where there's still just kind of like, you have to have – you have to provide for your woman kind of, like, you know, comes into play. Except it's still really gross because in Edwardian time literature, there's still, like, love overcomes all – and that just does not even factor in this shit. Mm-mm. Not at all. No. No. <laughs> I am, you know, I, I would love to know what happens to the wizard because his great plan is to go back to Kansas or Nebraska. Sorry, he's from Omaha. And all the re- same state. <laughs> rejo- right. I mean. Sorry, guys. <laughs> rejoin the circus. But, like, dude's, like, I don't know, real old at this point and out of out of practice at circusing like yeah. how's he expecting this is gonna go exactly Hot air ballooning in like the early 1900s does not have the same cachet as hot air ballooning in the mid 1800s right There's yeah like planes at this we point. just we just got a plane they're gonna be like okay <laughs> well i'm gonna go watch orville and wilbur over there now like, like the Wizard of Oz, I, I actually appreciate the fact that the book is named after him and he just like essentially floats off to obscurity and assumed death. Because even Dorothy is just kind of like, I hope he makes it. <laughs> Oops. Good luck. <laughs> I, I, I apologize to all of Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, the rest of that corridor that's mostly flat and windy. Um, but the book isn't nice to them either in in a way that is really vitriolic for the fact that Kansas is such a central linchpin of the entire novel. As someone who lived in Oklahoma for seven years, I do not apologize to Oklahoma. <laughs> I will be accepting apologies from Oklahoma, but... Oklahoma is an interesting place as someone who just drove through it and spent two days in it. it it's a lot of wind. They're not lying about that part. They are not. Those, uh, those, is it Rogers and Hammerstein? Those dudes so. knew what they were talking about. Holy crap. Um, I've never been to Kansas. Uh, my best friend in college was from Kansas and she gleefully told everybody that it is actually flatter than a pancake, um, because pancakes rise thanks to baking soda and Kansas doesn't do that. Um, I think he really got Kansas's number. Um, but this is like 
Dust Bowl era Kansas, I want to say. Like, I don't exactly remember when the Dust Bowl happened. Uh, Dust Bowls, I think, I think we're a couple decades away Too from early. the Dust Bowl here. Yeah. Okay. It's just, but it's, it, Kansas is, Kansas is a, just a dusty place to begin with. <laughs> I'm just going to let that one sit for a second. <laughs> well, I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> I, it's, I mean, there's... There's still, um, I mean, I think we're still a couple years away from Oklahoma becoming a state. Um, and Kansas is right above Oklahoma and, you know, there's probably not a ton of development out there. And Mm -mm. no, I think it was literally like the government promises you whatever land you can stake off when like they shoot the starter pistol and you can stake your claim and kill Native Americans. Right. Um, is this that era, guys? So we're going to be real uppers for a little bit. Like, they hate Kansas so much in this novel. <laughs> yeah, I have to, it, reading this without, you know, looking anything up, my assumption is that the author is himself from Kansas because of the, the sheer the, hatred he has. Yes, nobody writes about places like that unless they're from there. Unless the place is New York and the person writing is like a right wing. Absolutely. You know. Nope, he's from New York State. He's from Chittenango, really New York. So yeah. I don't know what what uh, was it Lyman's deal is, but... Lyman Frank Baum. <laughs> yeah, I'd go by L too. Yeah, me too. That's really unfortunate. Yeah, I'm trying to look up if he did actually ever live there. No, he's from Chittenago, New York. Why on earth is he so angry about Kansas? He is real. I mean, listen, I'm an East Coast asshole and I can be really snarky about the flyover states as well. I try not to be because I understand that, you know, people are lovely everywhere. Um but no. Um, an interesting thing that I just learned from picking up my book here is that uh, Baum did attempt to make movies between 1914 and 1915. His company, the Oz Film Manufacturing Company, produced three Oz films. Interesting. But they were well-received by critics, but they were not a commercial success, partly because they were children's films and needed the magic of sound and color which had notably not been invented yet. Exactly. And partly because the novelty value of Oz had faded. Yeah, it's really fascinating to me that the movie actually came out for like 40 years after the book came out. That would be like uh, what us getting really really sentimental over like children's books written in the 1980s, which we do, but like it, it was a long gap in between um yeah. Whoever the director was, the God, I should know this. I was obsessed with the movie when I was a kid. Like I thought it was the most magical, wonderful thing on the face of the I, planet. I I loved the movie. Um, I did not love Return to Oz, the most no, terrifying, terrifying movie of all time, which I will never rewatch, even as a fully grown adult. I think you posted a gif of it a little while back, and I was like, "What absolute terrifying horror is this?" Deeply traumatic. <laughs> it's so. horrifying. The guy with the wheels—that was way too fucking creepy. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, it was directed by Victor Fleming. It was MGM's big hit. I don't believe it did not win Best Picture that year because Gone with the Wind, that other absolutely racist clap. Spe- yeah, speaking of, I mean, Gone with the Wind is having I- read Gone with the Wind significantly more racist than The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I, as a note, I refuse to do Gone with the Wind as a book until I can get like Roxanne Gay to be my guest and talk about it. Someone who is there just to be like, Let's talk about this deep-seated American garbage. 
cannot be someone who looks like me. <laughs> well, plus it's like, I don't know, 800 pages yeah, long or something. You'd need page. to do like a whole season on yeah. Gone with the Wind. But you could you could just bring on like a, uh, you know, a slew of increasingly <laughs> impressive black women to explain why this sucks. <laughs> this sucks. If you think it's romantic, you should go take a long walk with yourself. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, again, The Wizard of Oz is not harmless by any means. The Tin Woodsman is a creep. He is super happy to murder things, like, all the time. Um, Even the lion doesn't seem to kill other creatures all that often. Uh, The Scarecrow is a patronizing dickhead. Um, There's real issues here. All the evil women just left, right, and center, north, south, east, and west, like so many evil women. Terrible moms. Auntie M is just like an absolute crap. Um, But it's harmless in the grand scheme of children's literature. Right. There's there's much worse. It's it's fine. And, you know, it's got some very cool stuff. Another, um, you know, another thing that they didn't have the technology to do when the movie came out, but I would love to see now is the the queen of the mice and oh, yeah. commanding her her army of mice and they carry the lion out of the poppy fields. Thousands of mice. It's really cool. Um, like th- th- those are those are cool things and it does it does work very well as i don't think that's how he intended but it does work very well as a setup for a series because there are a lot of like we talked about these short chapters yeah with a lot of little detail and a lot of little scenarios many places to spring off from there and and you know it would be it would the wizard of oz would make would make a great theme park. You could have rides based around them. That would be um, neat. Yeah, the guy's brain was working. Like, it, you know, the, he did an excellent job of creating, like, a map of the world. There's a north, south, east, and west. Each one is different. I assume the non-cardinal directions have some crossover and, uh, you know, cultural bleeding. Uh, you know, the, the munchkins, as not cool as that word is anymore to describe small people um and hopefully they would not cast little people as the munchkins because that was really really weird um you know it's fascinating how all the the witches sort of have their own realm there's female leadership as crappy as it is (laughs) yeah i mean girl boss yeah you know it's a bummer that we didn't get more of the wicked witch of the east seeing how evil she actually was because the Wicked Witch of the West was pretty terrible, just based on, like, the slavery alone. But everything else, she was kind of mediocre. Again, she seemed not that bright since she didn't figure out Dorothy was sneaking out and feeding the lion every night. (laughs) Why isn't this lion emaciating? (laughs) (laughs) Who could say? It's been months and months and months and he hasn't lost an ounce. And as always, you can find the remainder of this episode on Patreon at patreon.com slash fuckboysoflit. If you'd like, please do find us on all social medias. Again, the links are in the show notes, and I hope to see you all online soon. I'm Emily Edwards, and have a good one. <laughs>